Shkalim per Gimel Mishnah Aleph three one, and now we discuss the logistics of the taking of the coins themselves. The Mishnah says Bishlosha Frakim Bishana at three specifically designated times during the year, Turman es Halishka. Do we take a sample of the coins from the chamber in which they've all been stored, all these machta shekels, and we'll bring them into the shofar, into the chest from which we'll use to purchase the communal offerings, kind of like taking from your savings account to your checking account, if you will, taking from where they're stored to where they're going to be used more actively. So what are these three times? Befrosa Pesach, Befrosa Tzeres, and Befrosa Chag. Then, period. Now, pros here, a prusa is a half. And the reference here of Befros means half of the period, halfway through the period, which is designated for the preparation for the three Yom Tovim, the three Regalim, Pesach, Shavuah, Sukkot. So this time of year is Rabbi Akiva, and he holds that from Shloshim Yom Kodem Achag, from 30 days prior to the holiday, is Sholem Vedorshin, Behalachos, you begin to, um, the Rabbanim begin to prepare people for the holiday, teach them the halachas of the holiday, etc. So Pros would mean halfway through that period, or meaning 15 days prior to the holiday, that's when we will do the truma. So there will be three separate times where we take the truma, each 15 days prior to the beginning of the holiday. Now, the reason why we're doing three separate trumas is, according to the Bartanura, not everyone's coins have arrived in Yerushalayim by the time Rosh Chodesh of Nisan arrives, when the first truma must be taken because you need to use the money to buy from Rosh Chodesh, as you said before. And since not everyone's coins had the chance to arrive yet, even though conceptually everyone who's contributed wherever their coin happens to be, they're included in the purchase and they have a chalik in it and they're covered, but we want them to have an actual real-life participation, potentially being part of like, the lottery of having their coin chosen to be used to purchase the korbanos. And there's a certain extra mileage if it actually was your real coin as opposed to just your conceptual participation, which is which is included, and therefore we give people multiple chances during the course of the year as those coins roll in. The Rambam happens to learn that all the coins are there in time. The Machlokas, the Rambam, and the Bartanura is based on two shitas in the Rishami. In any case, according to the Rambam, all the coins are there by the beginning of Nisan. The issue is simply one of, of I'll call it, publicity to make sure people who have not yet given their Machs shekel as they should have are reminded, come the other to Regalim, Hey, there's still a lishka to be uh, a truma to be taken from the lishka. More coins will be taken, and you have to participate. Don't forget. Okay, so those are the th- reason why we're doing three. Why three? Actually, as opposed to two or four, that is indeed kind of based on a pasuk. Um, it's a rabbanon, but the, the, they were in a smacht on a pasuk in Nehemia. Okay, so putting putting that aside for a moment. The next question is why it doesn't say specific dates, why it has a sort of very oblique language about pros. So the answer is that in the time of the Mishnah, the calendar wasn't fixed. Each month had a 29 or 30 days, depending on when the new moon was seen. And that being the case, you can give an exact date, because 15 days before Pesach, Pesach is of course on the 15th of Nisan, so that means 15 days before that is the last day of Adar, but Adar could have 29 or 30 days, and therefore Rabbi Kiva uses this language of pros 15 days before, whenever it shakes out. Same goes for Atzeres. Atzeres is Chazal's reference to Shavuos, since Shavuos in our calendar always appears on the sixth day of Sivan, but the truth is that Shavuos has a variable date. It's just 
the 50th day of the counting of the Omer. So that means you count back 15 days, we'll get to the 35th day of the Omer. But since Nisan and Iyar could both have 30 or 29 days in the time of the Mishnah, it's indeterminate, and therefore we have just the same kind of expression. And finally, Ufrosa Chag, 15 days before the beginning of the Chag, a similar answer. The truth is here it's less cut and dry in as much as throughout, since the time of Ezra, meaning throughout the Second Temple period, Elul, the last month of the year before Tishrei, always had 29 days. And that was so people could know how to attempt to calculate the calendar and no one Rosh Hashanah would fall out. But uh, nevertheless, um, just to be consistent uh, with the other two expressions, we use Frost as well, 15 days halfway through the preparation period for the holiday of Sukkot. Now, the mission continues, and it says, V'hein guranos l'maser v'hema, divir Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says it's these same three dates which are the cutoff dates for taking Maeser Behema. Now, first of all, before I go on, let me clarify, we're going to have three different shitas regarding the dates for Maeser Behema, cutoff, but everyone's going to agree to the first part of the Mishnah regarding when the times are for the three Trumas Alishka for the Machsa Shekel. That's a settled issue, 15 days before each of the three Regalim. Now the Mishnah is going to make a segue and discuss the deadlines from Meiser Behema. It's totally not the explicit topic of our Mishnah. It's off topic, but as we'll see in a few moments, and I'll explain why more, it's connected to the Trumas Alishka. So, first of all, let's just understand what's happening here. There's a mitzvah of Meiser Behema, which is that for one's kosher livestock, that means cattle, goats, and sheep that are born in a given year, if you have 10 or more, then then you have to take it you put them all into a, like a corral and you let them out, and every tenth one to exit the corral is called Maeser Behema. It's daubed with red paint, and it's brought to the base of Mikdash as a korban, called the korban, it's a, a Maeser, and it's eaten essentially entirely by the Bilem, the owner of that cow or goat or sheep. The Kwan don't get anything of it. Um, so it's it's brought as a korban, but it's really eaten essentially entirely, the Amorim notwithstanding, eaten by the Bilem, by the owner. So it's not really a heavy loss on their part. In any case, that's a mitzvah to itself. Unlike the mitzvah of Trumas and Maestros for agricultural produce, before you do Maestro Behema, your animals are not restricted from consumption. When it comes to agricultural produce, the food is called tevel. It's not, it's forbidden to be eaten under strong penalty, penalty of Misa B'day Shemaim, until the various Trumas and Maestros are taken from it. Um, but when it comes to Meister Behema, not the case. However, the rabbis did set Midrabanan kind of deadlines where they said after this cutoff date, you can't further do business or consume your animals till you tied them. So um, we're going to now discuss the three cutoff dates where Bikiva Shita is. It happens to be the exact same dates the rabbis set for the Trumas Lishka as for the cutoff dates for the animals born um, for Meister Behema. Now, the reason why the rabbis did this. Um, was, I'll call it economic, practical. If people have a certain deadline that's a cutoff, so then they'll sort of want to do the mitzvah properly, then they will hesitate to do business with their animals, sell them and eat them until they do the miser. And so they sort of aggregate their animals, and that means that the supply of animals in the markets will be lower. And after the threshold, after the cutoff date, when everyone takes their their miser behema, so then everyone now will be selling those animals, and the supply of animals in the marketplace will go up. So that is artificially 
causing supply to increase right after these dates. Now, when people are doing a lila regal, they're coming to the base of Mikdash, ever needs their animals for korbanos, um, and therefore there's a surge in demand for animals. So the rabbis are adjusting things in such a way that the surge in supply in the marketplace of animals will be there to meet the surge in demand so that animals are not hard to come by, they're not exorbitantly priced, everyone can get the animals they need, everyone can have meat to enjoy Simchas Yom Tov in Yerushalayim, etc. So therefore, it's going to work out that just the same way we're having 15 days before the holidays, as people are coming and they're reminded, according to the Rabbim anyways, um, so so too there'll be 15 days before the holiday will sort of prompt this surge of animals in the marketplace, so there'll be animals in rich supply, ample supply, so people can purchase them for their various needs, and they go to Yerushalayim. Okay, that's Rabbi Kivashita. Now, Ben Azai is going to disagree, like I said, regarding the cutoff dates for the Meiser Behemoth, not for the Trumas Elishka, for the, the Machsa Shekel. So Ben Azai Omer, Be'esrim V'tisha Ba'adar, he says, it's specifically the 29th of Adar, not 15 days before Pesach. There's no argument here. Just that Ben Azai holds that Adar is always engineered to have 29 days, just as I told you that El is typically engineered to have 29 days. So that being the case, we can predict that the last day of Adar is the 29th, as he's explicit about it. Second of all, Be'echad Be'sivan. He pushes it up to Sivan. Instead of being uh, in late ER, it's going to be in the beginning of Sivan. And the reason why is because in the late spring and early summer, which is when this is falling out, um, fewer animals are born. And Beniza is concerned that if we make the cutoff date too early, like 15 days before Pesach, excuse me, 15 days before Shavuos, I'm sorry. So then they're between the beginning of Nisan and, you know, less than two months later, wouldn't be enough time for enough animals to be born to meet the demands of all the people. So therefore he wants, Benazai wants to push the cutoff date as late as possible, just to Rosh Chodesh Sivan right before Shavuos, so that there's, you know, time for more animals to be born, and therefore a larger supply of animals to purchase, um, for the same rationale we said before. And the third cutoff is Be'esrim Petisha Ba'av, on the 29th day of the month of Av. Av is the month for El, which is the month for Rosh Hashanah, Tishrei. And Benazai here um, is concerned about a machlokis that exists in Mesechus Bechoros, and we learned a little more in, in explicitly and more recently, in, uh, we will learn actually, in Mesechus Rosh Hashanah. The beginning Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei, serves as the first of the year for certain things, but there are other, let's call them fiscal years um, in the Jewish calendar, which don't necessarily begin on the first of Tishrei. The same way the school year might not begin on the January 1st, but on, let's say, September 1st in in, uh, in America, initial two, actually. So um, so similarly, there's a Rosh Hashanah, there's a cutoff date for Meiser Behemoth, because the rule is, similar to agriculture produce, when you tithe your animals, you have to tithe this year's animals um, as one batch and distinct from next year's animals. So you have to sort of therefore draw a line in the sand and say animals born after this date belong to the subsequent year. So when is that line? Um, so there's a machlokas. When the Rosh Hashanah is, the new year, on the fiscal calendar for animal births, one sheet is Rosh Chodesh Elul, and one sheet is Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Either the, the, it's hard to count the months because of the unique way the Jewish calendar counted, but Tishrei is Rosh Chodesh Tishrei to be our Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Chodesh El is the month before that. So since there's a machlokas when it is, and Ben Azai is not sure, 
he's not sure who's right. Therefore, he says the day before the first day of Elul, before we get into this dubious month of Elul where we're not sure where the animals born this month belong to this year or, or next year. So we're going to do a, a tithing right here and now at this prior to the suffix, the doubtful period. That way we'll have no questions. And if there are enough animals born again um, during Elul, we'll just do another Meister Behemoth then. So that's a shita because of the suffix of when the Rosh Hashanah is for Meister Behemoth. So therefore he does his third cutoff date immediately prior to that doubtful period beginning. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon Omrim, they both have three other dates. They say, first of all, Be'echad Ben-Nisan. The first of the three cutoff dates is the first day of Nisan, as opposed to the last day of Adar. Those are one day apart. But the reason why they say this is because they hold the preparatory period for the, the Chagim is not 30 days prior to the beginning of the Chag, but rather two weeks, 14 days before the beginning of the Chag. And therefore they hold that the contemporaneously with the beginning of the preparation for the holiday in terms of Shulam Bedorshan, teaching in the yeshivas and the shuls and giving shirim on preparation for the holiday, also part of the initial beginning of the preparation for the holiday is the Meister Behema. So therefore they say it's since that the onset is 14 days before, so similarly 14 days before the 15th of Nisan, Pesach, excuse me, yeah, 15th of Nisan of Pesach, will be the first of Nisan, which is the first of the three cutoff dates. Second of all, Be'echad ben Sivan, the second cut of date is the first day of Sivan. Here they're agreeing with Benazai. They're saying, since not very many animals are born in the late spring, early summer, so we're going to give two full months from the first of Nisan to the first of Sivan for animals to be born, even though we're getting kind of close to Shavuos. So they're ignoring the 14-day rule for Shavuos and pushing it closer. And then finally, Be'esr and Betisha Be'elul. Finally, they have it on the 29th day of Elul. So they don't have the concern. They they don't agree with the doubt. They have fixed ideas about um, the end of Elul being also the end of the fiscal year for Meister Behema. And um, they therefore stick their guns about the 14-day rule of before. Now, if you actually count 14 days prior to Sukkot, if Sukkot is the 15th, 14 days before would be the first of Tishrei. So the question is, why did they do it on the last day of Elul? They could do it the first day of Tishrei. And the Mishnah says it explicitly. Why do they say the 29th day of Elul, the last day of Elul, and they didn't say, why didn't they say the first day of Tishrei? Answers the Mishnah, because the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. It's Yom Tov. And you can't tithe your animals on Yom Tov. And therefore, therefore they pushed it back one day before and said, well, on the 29th day of Elul, the last day before Rosh Hashanah, that's the day we'll do our Meister Behema. Now, why can't you do Meister Behema on, on Yom Tif? So, it's not necessarily what you think. It's because you have to mark the animals. And marking the animals would be a malacha, as they come out of that corral every tenth one. It's not like what you have by agricultural tithing. Agricultural tithing cannot be done on Shabbos and Yom Tif, because it, it, since you're it looks like you're fixing it to make it edible. It looks like you're fixing it up because prior to taking the tithes, it's inedible. Now it is, yes, edible after tithing it. So it looks like you're fixing it and you can't fix utensils. So the rabbi said you can't fix food either. Um, but in the case of animals, behemos, livestock, the tithing doesn't fix them per se, right? They were edible They were edible prior to the deadline. So it's not really... Masakin, so there wouldn't be a problem of of uh, Mexican masakin looking like you're fixing it up and tithing it on on the yomtiv, um, and therefore 
it's the separate issue of just having to mark them.